Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Baghdad Sound Locks. Hello, fellow travelers. I'm Dina. And I'm Ollie. How are you feeling today, Dina? I'm feeling very well, thank you, Ali. How are you feeling? Pretty good. I'm happy to be here. Where are we off to today? So how about we take a jaunt to an ancient structure that was what made Baghdad what it was today, the caravanserai or the funduk. Ancient? So you're saying this existed before Baghdad and the Islamic empires? That's right. What do you know about the Silk Roads? Because this is something we're going to be talking about a little bit. This is my favorite thing to say whenever this comes up. Spoiler alert. It isn't an actual road. It's not one single road. (laughs) It refers to a network of trading routes that links the Middle East, Asia, and the Western world. Oh, I love that. My historian heart got so happy. Yeah, the Silk Roads aren't really a road. It's a network. The trade is mostly local, and it's really about the movement of various goods. How about another question for you? Because this is all about trade. Do you know that there are different types of camels? There's actually only two true types of camels, right? That's right. Arabian camels or dromedaries, which have one hump, and Sogdian camels from Persia, which have two. I'm very hesitant here because that's the extent of my <laughs> camel knowledge. Today is your lucky day, Ali, because I'm going to add some facts for you so you can add it to your list. Camels are born without humps. They store water in their blood. They have three sets of eyelids and two rows of eyelashes to keep sand out of their eye. They can shut their nostrils completely and they can survive up to 15 days without water, which makes them the perfect animal to transport goods on the Silk Roads. You're blowing my mind a little bit here. (laughs) Dina, the camel expert. I love it. And you're right. They're absolutely excellent for carrying heavy burdens and they could go long distances without food. Exactly. But back to the Silk Roads. They existed well before the Islamic empires. And I remember studying how the ancient Persians, Romans, and Chinese were all part of it, right? Yeah, there were a series of roads that existed, but they were really expanded under the Achaemenids, which were an ancient Persian empire. And it was part of their royal road project. Exactly. And since Baghdad is the inheritor of those old Persian empires, it makes sense why it was smack bang in the middle of those roads. Shall we do a bit of sightseeing? What would we see? You would see merchants and caravans of camel, which would move goods from all over the region. We know, for example, that they brought paper and porcelain from China. In fact, we even have evidence in China itself of the Silk Roads connecting Baghdad. There's this famous burial of a Sogdian, which is a Persian person in China. And the inscription says, this person is from the Persian world. They were very good at bartering and trade and negotiating. Wow, what a nice little comment to leave about someone. 
What's so striking about history is how we have these like little traces of life stories carved on stones, paper, images of people traveling, doing business. They leave things behind, you know, vases, coins, jewelry. It really makes you wonder what traces we'll leave behind. Like in a hundred years from now, what evidence of our life will there be? It doesn't sound exciting because obviously we live in this era, but I'm guessing cars, coffee receipts, straws. Electronic devices. Snapchat, Instagram selfies. Gotta think about those things as a historian. You're right. There's going to be a lot of online content for them to delve through. And maybe future historians will hear these podcasts as well. That is a comforting (laughs) thought. Hello, future historians. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm really stunned by the long distances these caravans covered. And just to be clear, I know obviously caravans now are vehicles, but back then... It was a term used to basically describe groups of people traveling. Mm, And this is actually where the funduk comes into play. They were probably originally built by those Persians, the Achaemenids, as roadside taverns or inns. They were dwellings that connected all these roads together. In fact, that's where the idea of hostels come from. Did they invent them? Not really. They pre-existed. I would love to know what it looked like. Can you describe it to me? They're pretty simple structures. They're kind of a rectangle with walls. It has a space for your horses and camels, a place where you can eat and a place where you can sleep. Not really how we would imagine a nice hotel today. What was it built from? Generally wood, sometimes clay, sometimes mud. They're very simple. When you look at them, they're minimalist design. Just a square wall that you can hide away from thieves, brigands, and the weather. Yeah, it's not giving four seasons. It's giving... A hut. No pool, no gym, (laughs) no continental breakfast. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Travelers do need a place to stay. There's the first rule of history. You need to eat. And then the second rule of history, you got to build places to eat and sleep. Pretty straightforward. And these rules also apply to me. Me too. And that's where these funduks came into play. They were organizing these roads, but it was also about providing food and shelter. It's what made trade along distances possible. If you're traveling along miles and miles of roads, you need to stop somewhere to eat and somewhere to sleep. So when the Abbasids built Baghdad, they incorporated these caravanserais. Yeah, the early Islamic dynasties made use of them even before the Abbasids. In fact, given how important trade was to the beginning of Islam, I mean, Muhammad was a merchant after all, before he became a prophet, all of these funduk were instrumental to actually the rise of Islam. Before Muslim armies and empires ever showed up onto the scene, Muslim merchants were there first. And then with Baghdad, it would be right in the center of those roads and the different roadside inns. That's a good point. By the time of the Abbasids, they had incorporated these funduk into their trade system. But also they built many of their own, generally around Baghdad. Why around the city? Was it because of the way the trade flows? Definitely. It helped with the overflow. Over time, the city grew beyond the initial bounds of Mansur's design in 762. You have this sprawling city with millions of people connected to the flow of roads, people, and goods. In fact, the medieval traveler Ibn Battuta gives us a fascinating description. He says, After sunset or nightfall, the director comes to the funduk with his secretary and writes down the names of all the travelers who will pass the night there. He seals it and locks the door of the funduk. 
In the morning, he and the secretary come and call everybody's name and write down a record. He sends someone with the travelers to conduct them to the next post station, and he brings back a certificate from the director of the funduk, confirming that they have all arrived. So it's a system that connects all the funduks together, one to the next to the next. Oh my god, this isn't just super efficient, but this is literally a postal system with bodyguards. Yeah, that's exactly what they were. This is what allowed their communication to happen in the empire—a relay system that allowed you to send a message. Quickly, because rather than one person running the entire distance, they would run to a funduk. Someone would take over the message. Then they would run to the next funduk. Someone else would take the message. So you always had fresh horses, fresh messengers, and you were able to travel long distances very quickly. And were the guards really that necessary? Was it that dangerous? Yes, very dangerous. I mean, you're out in the deserts, you're out in the mountains, you're out in the plains. You're looking at a variety of different topographies and geographies, and that's where all the thieves were hanging out. This is literally a postal system with bodyguards, and I get it because. I imagine these merchants were targets for brigands and thieves on the road. Absolutely, the funduks were the safest way to travel and the fastest way to travel. Without them, you want to avoid the roads because that's where the thieves would be hanging out. That's why we call them highwaymen, right? They're on the highway. But now with the funduks, you can travel that road and be safe. So it was a quick way to travel and a fast way to send your messages from funduk to funduk to funduk. Here's me thinking: a funduk is just a hotel. But it's actually so much more. It creates a good deal of safety. You record everyone that's staying. You then guide them to the next fundot and check that everyone's off your roster. What an efficient system! Very efficient. But I've got to say, they could also be quite rowdy. The funduks, that is. What do you mean they could be rowdy? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of stories of things going wrong in funduks. If you've got a lot of people gathering together after a long day of travel in the heat and in the desert, and you've just come together to eat and drink, maybe sometimes with strangers, things are going to go wrong. Tempers are going to flare. Give me a story. You can't just tease that and not tell me a story. I have a great story about one of these trips to the Funduk. So there is this famous astrologer known as Abu Masher. He is an icon and a legend, and we'll be talking about him in the future. But he's traveling to one of these Funduks with a bunch of different merchants. They spend the night, and the next morning, Abu Masher wakes up and he casts his horoscope, and he goes,、Mm-mm. "The stars do not look good today." <laughs> We should not leave the funduk, and the merchants are like, "Oh, we don't need to listen to you. That's silly. We're gonna leave." They leave. Abu Masher says, "No, I'm gonna follow the advice of the stars," and he hangs out in the funduk only for the merchants to come back a couple hours later. Some of them are bleeding; their goods are missing. They had been attacked by thieves and brigands, but. In their mind, Abu Masher was part of the thieves、oh、and brigands. That somehow he had caused it, so they took their anger out on him. They took out their sticks and attacked him. The guards had to intervene. Abu Masher fled for his life and famously wrote in his diary, "Never again shall I share wisdom with <laughs> fools who will not listen." Oh my God! Plot twist. 
plot twist. The astrologer gets blamed for the Funduk's troubles. To be fair, as someone who's not hugely obsessed with horoscopes, it kind of does sound like he was involved. It does sound shady. <laughs> and Abu Mansur was slightly shady, let's be real. <laughs> oh, travel and trade. That is good advice for all of us, though. Avoid the troublemakers. That's right. It was so nice that we got a chance to travel outside of Baghdad today. It's the first time in the season. And I'm in awe of these super efficient systems, this postal service slash bodyguard system that allowed trade to flow so well. Yes, they did exist before Baghdad and became a huge part of the city, the role in its trade. It's all tied into these repeated themes that we keep seeing, how Baghdad was built on history of the region, but also expanded in it. Next time, let's travel to its political heart, the Palace of the Golden Gate. I'm Dina. And I'm Ali. This is a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media. Be sure to subscribe to the Echoes of History podcast so you don't miss out the next episode of Baghdad Soundwalks. See you next time, fellow travelers. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.